Hi, trendsetters. Welcome to another episode of That Trendy Therapist. So first of all, I just wanted to say that it's been a minute. Um, And that's just because things have been super, super busy. Um, Number one, Matt and I are going to be moving. Our lease is up at the end of the month. So obviously New York real estate and looking for places can be a lot and just, you know, picking that perfect spot. We did find one. We're really excited about it. And I can't wait because it's just like that type of place where like the building itself is kind of like art. You'll see what I mean when I get there and there's going to be so many photographs and so many, you know, just videos and things that we're going to be doing there um, that I'm so excited to bring to the table for Trendy. So that's part of why um we've been a little MIA or I've been a little MIA on here um and the other thing is that I am currently starting to study for my seat for my exam um so anyone that is familiar with that it's um the LCSW exam so it's the clinical exam basically like the final exam that I will need to take to you know, do what I want to do. I mean, I'm already doing what I want to do in terms of like seeing patients and things like that, but it's kind of that like official stamp of like, here you are, you're a therapist in the world. And like, that's the top notch that you can get. So really excited about that. But obviously between all of those things and, you know, Matt getting his vaccines, I already got mine and just kind of like, you know, what else? I mean, I guess that was kind of what was going on on my birthday was, you know, beginning of the month in April, April just kind of flew by and it was pretty busy. So that is where we've kind of been. And so I just wanted to first say I missed you guys and hopefully you weren't too worried about where I was. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure nobody even noticed, but hopefully, you know, some of you did because that shows me you're paying attention. So You know, I guess today, really, what I wanted to do was kind of come back with an episode that was one that I think a lot of people could benefit from, which is what therapy is really like. So I feel like, you know, as May is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is awesome, I think every month should be Mental Health Awareness Month because we should always be aware of our mental health. It's something that everybody has. Everyone has mental health. It's just, again, the health of your mind and mindset and emotions. And that is something that like a lot of people neglect, unfortunately. And I think more and more it's becoming part of mainstream conversation and and the stigma is, you know, becoming lessened around therapy and getting help for, you know, mental health. But it still exists. It's still something that people seem to hesitate or not know how to talk about. And it's something that I think education would really help on, which is why I kind of, kind of wanted to make this episode about what therapy is really like. Because I know that when people talk to me about therapy or ask me questions, whether it's people I know or don't know personally, or even just prospect, uh, prospective patients that are calling and you know I'm having intakes with them and they're asking about what therapy with me is like, um, you know I realized from all of those conversations that there really are so many misperceptions about what therapy is and what it can be and what it looks like. Um, And I wanted to just sort of talk to you guys about that and whether you're someone that's in therapy or thinking about going to therapy or starting therapy, I think this just could really benefit you. Um, So let's just, let's just dive in. I'm just going to talk to you guys about from my perspective as a therapist, what therapy is really like. So I'll start by saying that, As you guys know, I'm a very modern, progressive therapist, meaning that 
I am trained in all of those sorts of old school uh, theoretical models of therapy, whether it's DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, psychodynamic therapy. I'm trained in all of these things just from school and from working at my private practice um, that I work at. And so I use all of those methods, obviously, in my work. But I also pull from my own experience. I pull from you know, things that I see and experience on social media or just in the world. And I pay close attention to obviously trends as I'm that trendy therapist. So I kind of, you know, when, when someone asks like, what is your mode? What is your method? It's not the easiest question for me to answer because it's kind of an integrative approach where I really meet the patient where they're at. So if someone comes to me and they have obviously a presenting problem, which is the problem or issue at hand that they want to really start therapy for, Um, I really, I really get a sense of what that issue is a and B like what the person is like, because sometimes somebody comes in and they really want a quick fix. They want answers and they want them now. They want structure. And that kind of speaks to one of the first things that you should know about therapy, which is that there is no, there really is no specific structure or template that you can just use for anybody it's different for every single person and every single therapist. Um, that said, there are more structured forms of treatment, such as DBT and CBT, which are treatments that there are goals. Sometimes there's homework assignments in between sessions. Read this book or this passage, um, journal about this thing. So sometimes when someone comes to me and they're looking for something more tangible, something that they can kind of really feel like they're achieving something on a more short-term scale, then I will do more structured forms of therapy. That said, you're not going to come to a session with me and it's going to be, okay, A, B, C, we're doing this, then this happens. It's, it's more free-flowing than that. I like my patients when they come to me for session to feel heard, seen, and understood. Those are kind of some of the bottom lines for me. I think that like for humans in general, not just in therapy, but for humans in general, being heard, seen, and validated in your feelings is really like, those are the most important things. And I think as a therapist, that's really something that is a fundamental part of the process for me is making sure that I'm meeting that person where they're at and that I'm seeing them for who that they are. Um, If I don't do that, then I'm not really working with them. I'm just kind of applying a template and assuming that it's going to work for that person. So I think that what makes, and you know, something to look for in a therapist, what makes somebody, you know, a skilled therapist is also just being able to adapt and be flexible and be almost like playful with it. I, you know, some of my patients do listen to and watch things that I post on social media, which shout out to you guys, you know who you are. Um, and that's great. And I love that. And I, I love when my patients kind of mention to me, hey, I saw this thing posted. It really resonated with me. All these sorts of things. Um, I feel like it takes our our sort of therapeutic alliance to the next level. When, when you have things that you can actually talk about that you can relate on, it sort of opens up that channel for communication where you just, you have that comfort level with the other person and um, makes you feel even more inclined to open up about things because you feel like, hey, this person sees me and they get me and they understand where I'm coming from. So I'm not afraid to, you know, self-disclose when, when it's appropriate. I, I mentioned self-disclosure um, sometimes on my platform and I want to talk about what that means. I mean, what that means for me and it, it means something different for every every therapist. Some therapists you'll go to and 
you're really not going to get any information out of them about who they are, what they're like outside of the therapy room. For me, I don't really, I don't believe that that's the most helpful. Um, I, I see the benefit of it sometimes. I do. And I think it's a more old school approach when the therapist is supposed to be a blank slate. And, you know, I, I guess the theory and the point of that really is that like then the, the patient feels that they can sort of project whatever fantasies or desires or not desires, but yeah, anything really, any, any human need into the situation. And then you can kind of reflect that back. And then the, the counter transference and the transference all plays a role in determining like what the best course of treatment is for, for the individual. Um, but for me, I also feel like when I end up disclosing certain things when it's appropriate, again, I'm not just going to say, hey, guess what I did last week to my patient. But if they ask me something and it's relevant to the conversation or if I feel like I have a bit of experience that could really be beneficial, um, it always, and it's really never proven wrong, it's always been helpful um, to the patient and to the session because a, yes, it makes them feel like, okay, they're understood and they're supported and they're not alone, which I think is the biggest thing too, is like, you know, so often in therapy, we feel like we're alone in our issues or not even just in therapy in general. And when your therapist can say, hey, I've been there or like, this is, a, this is something similar that I can relate on or X, Y, and Z, it obviously just makes you feel less alone at that. And more comfortable sharing. I think that it always ends up generating further discussion and it becomes an entry point into, you know, the next part of the conversation. So I really do use self-disclosure as a tool and my patients know that. And I think it, it also builds trust with them because they know that I'm a human being and that, you know, I also have anxieties and things and harder days and, and moments that I'm triggered and all these things and they can see the humanity in me and relate to that and feel like, hey, you know, this person really gets it, but also like she's been there, she's been through her own struggles and look look at where she's at. And like, I think it provides a lot of hope. I mean, I've mentioned this story before, but it's very relevant here. When I was in therapy for my eating disorder in high school, my therapist um, at the time self-disclosed after like months of working together that she also had had an eating disorder when she was in college. And that moment had really brought us together because I was feeling so alone in my struggles and really was just crying and saying to her one session, I just feel like I need to talk to somebody that like really gets it and who has been there. And when she told me that it really broke down that wall and I was like, wow, okay. So I'm in a place where like, not only am I being heard, but like I'm really being supported in, in a struggle that she gets, that my therapist understands firsthand and it provides hope for me because I see that she not only has recovered, but she's now in a place where she's making a profession of it and helping others. And that was one of the seeds that was planted for me about, hey, I want to use my own struggles to create meaning and to give back and to, you know, provide help for other people going through similar things. So all of those reasons led me to feel like self-disclosure as a therapist was so important. So, you know, going back to like what therapy can look like, I think that like, yes, you should expect that with a therapist that is modern and progressive and adaptable, that they will, you know, if you, if you ask them something that they could answer you. And, and if, if it is crossing the barrier, obviously the therapist will let you know that. Um, but it really has never actually happened for me where someone's asked me a question in, in session and I felt like that's too much or I can't answer that. Um, so I start where the patient's at. I'm adaptable. I self-disclose when appropriate. 
Um, and, you know, I really meet the patient where they're at with their needs. If they want more structured approaches, I will give them homework assignments such as journaling or, you know, exposure therapy. People that struggle with anxieties or phobias, exposure therapy is really helpful. And that's when you basically expose yourself physically to the thing that you're afraid of and sit with that uncomfortability and learn from that and become aware of what happens in that moment. For example, with OCD, let's say you have a compulsion to wash your hands five times um, and you don't let yourself. Maybe you, you wash them four times and then you sit with that feeling of discomfort. That's exposure therapy. And then we talk about it in the next session. What was that like for you? Um, so I can either do more structured forms of therapy like that or, and more often I would say, more often it's not so structured, it's more psychodynamic. And that's really when we're getting into history. So that's something that I really want to explain because structured forms of therapy is pretty self-explanatory. You kind of know the start, the end, what the goals are, what it's going to look like, what the course of treatment is. But in terms of lesser structured forms of therapy, there really isn't like you come in and you know what you're going to expect. Um, so therapy can look very different in that sense. You might come in and talk about something that happened to you last night or a fight with a friend last week or something this morning, and that could start the whole session off. And if you're a patient of mine, you might come in and start talking about that thing, and maybe it will lead to a whole different discussion. Maybe that thing will provide a theme for us. Okay, so that happened. How did that make you feel? Well, have you felt that way in other situations? And why do you think you felt that way? And those kinds of questions will lead to a bigger discussion about something deeper. And I'm always trying to get at the root. And that's part of psychodynamic therapy is really getting to the root of the problem and figuring out why things are the way they are. Going back to childhood, why, you know, and I find that work the most fascinating because I, I feel everything relates back to childhood and early development. And I think finding themes and finding reasons why things have happened is the most enlightening thing and the best tool for you moving forward. Because then when things happen, you understand not only how you work and what changes that you can make to maybe potentially adapt to things in a better way, but just building awareness about who you are in the world and what you want. And everything kind of just ties together from there. So the way that I run my sessions, they're 45 minute sessions. And obviously now we're virtual, but at one point we were in person and we will be in person hopefully before the end of the year for sure. And in the sessions, you know, I'm really looking to meet the person where they're at and help them with what they need help with. So that means that like, if someone's coming to me and they have, you know, five things they want to talk about that day, it's not my job to be like, okay, this thing is the most important thing. We have to talk about this thing. Unless that thing is something safety related. I let the patient decide and dictate to me, hey, this is what I'm struggling the most with. That is where the therapist really helps guide the patient. Instead of saying, hey, we have to dictate what we're talking about and like, no, get off that topic. Let's talk about this thing, which really wouldn't be that helpful because when a, pa when a patient comes to me, they want to talk about what they want to talk about and I'm their safe space. And I want to provide that safe space for them to work through whatever is on their mind. So I don't have my own agenda with it, again, unless if there's safety precautions that need to be taken. For example, if the patient self-harms, that would be something that maybe we would address at the top of the session because obviously that takes precedence. But beyond that, I really let the conversation flow from the patient. And I do like the patient to kind of come into session prepared with 
what they want to talk about for that day. However, if they don't know what they want to talk about, that's also fine. We will generate discussion just based off of, you know, the first few questions that are asked in session. Um, so that's kind of what happens in the session. It's a lot of, it's a lot of talk therapy. It's a lot of, you know, jokes. We laugh, we, we, you know, use humor. And I, I think that humor really can just be eye-opening and provide a sense of sort of perspective that sometimes we miss because we get so lost in the sauce of our issues and sometimes just kind of like providing that little irreverence or, you know, whatever that might be can just really move along the conversation and, and make the patient see things in a health and more of a healthy way. Um, so it's not, you know, when people think of therapy and they're like, well, therapy is something that I can only go to if I'm really struggling with something or it's for people that, you know, and I think the narrative of this is changing gradually. I think people are realizing that every single person can and should go to therapy because anyone can benefit from it. It's really just having that person to talk to um, outside of yourself that's not biased that will help you with, you know, whatever it is that you're going through. You don't have to have an agenda going into it. Um, it's helpful to have goals, but you can also go in and just say, hey, I'm feeling stuck or hey, I'm feeling unmotivated or whatever it is. And your therapist can help you figure out, hey, how can we make this into you know, a treatment plan? How can we make some goals out of this and find some direction in this work? Um, you know, I also like to be really collaborative with my patients. If something's not working, I want them to tell me and I, I let them know that um, because it's not something that's you know, a personal offense if something doesn't work for somebody everyone you know it's it's helpful for me to know hey that's not working okay let me let me go this route instead um so feedback is always welcome and and any good therapist really also should take feedback because again it's about meeting the patient where they're at um but yeah so therapy is not like you have to go and talk about something specific and it has to be you know this huge traumatic event no you can go to a therapist any human being can go to a therapist and can benefit from a therapist um, it's a confidential place. It's a place where you can feel safe to open up about things that maybe you haven't in other areas of your life. Um, and it's a trusting relationship. It, it, you're building that therapeutic bond with someone that shows up for you every single week. And, you know, sometimes just, just that alone can be helpful. Sometimes somebody doesn't have anyone they can trust to be reliable and dependable every single day and, or every week or in a, on a consistent basis and the therapist can provide that healing sort of relationship for that person. Um, also, therapy doesn't have an end date. Sometimes I have people in an intake ask me, okay, how long do you think this is going to take? Um, therapy doesn't have an end date because there is no end date for working on yourself. I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's a continual process. So perhaps in more structured forms of therapy like DBT, for example, if you're doing a program or you're, you're kind of doing group therapy, there is going to probably be an end date for that. But for talk therapy, there is no end date. It's mostly, you know, going into it with an open mind and with the therapist at some point you might figure out, hey, I feel like I've kind of maxed out right now and I've reached my goals at this point. I don't feel like I'm gaining anything else currently. In that case, you and your therapist would probably decide collectively, okay, that's time to bail out. It's time to kind of transition into termination phase of therapy. And, and that's kind of that. Um, another thing I'll mention is I also um, am available to my patients in between sessions. That doesn't mean that 
we're having a whole therapy session in between sessions because it's not for that. But my patients know that, you know, they have my cell phone number and that if they want to reach out, if there's something that comes up in between sessions that I will try to make myself available to them within reason. And, you know, I think that's really important too, um, because I think you know, we have to realize that obviously there's going to be more going on for someone than just 45 minutes a week. Um, and sometimes people need that extra support. And again, I think it's healing to know, hey, this this therapist is here for me, not just, you know, within our scheduled time, but that if something does come up, I know that I can, you know, reach out to them and rely on them for that. So that's kind of what therapy is really like. Therapy is really fun. I think people don't really realize that, um, that therapy can be an enjoyable experience. I mean, you're, you know, a lot of times people will leave therapy and just, they'll tell me, oh my gosh, I feel so much better just like having vented and hashed this all out. I feel, you know, like a weight has been lifted. Um, they enjoy coming to therapy and, and talking about things and feel that it, it really advances, you know, their relationships and and their life. Obviously it, it really, puts you ahead of the game because a lot of people don't choose to do the work on themselves. And when you do, you're really setting yourself up for success because you really can't get very far in life unless you know yourself. And that's just kind of the bottom line. Um, so that's a little bit of an overview on what therapy is truly, truly like. And again, I can make a whole series on this because there's so many components here of therapy and I can answer any questions and I'm happy to do so. So definitely leave a comment um, if you want to hear more about this. And I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. And promise I'm not just going to, you know, go MIA again for a few weeks because like I said, we already found our apartment. So look forward to some amazing new content. I'm really excited and so is Matt. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye guys.